1: Just Ducky.
0: Oh, I should know where they came from. Ducky. It's the first day, the WIBC Sunday Magazine Show. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips. They are real estate brokers or consultants and, and brokers, too, I think, with Crossroads Collective at Compass Realty, Hoosier Home Values 2023.com, and CrossroadsCollective.com. They'll be with us here at the bottom of the hour and uh, with the latest news when it comes to real estate. I think there's a topic. I learn something every week from those guys. I do, too. They, I just think they're just terrific. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk a lot about mortgage rates, looks like. And that's been in the news of late, right? Uh, Terry Stacy, that's me. Danny Smith over here to my right.
1: Good morning, darling. Morning, Danny Paul.
0: Kylan Talley producing the show. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday to you. It's Leon Day, National Leon Day. It which is. is Noel spelled backwards because six months from today is Christmas.
2: Are you kidding me? Uh-uh. That's funny. I know
0: it.
1: <laughs> so why it really do, is okay, it's National why do we, Leon Day. Why do we celebrate Christmas in July when we've got? It should really be June. Right? I don't
0: know either. I don't know either. All of the Christmas in July sales and QVC is already. Some of the shopping networks are already yesterday started their Christmas.
1: National Leon Day.
0: There are so many opportunities to do
3: festivals around that. Six months till Christmas, in case you're missing it, here you go. Here's a little holiday fun.
1: (laughs) All righty then.
0: I know. Hey, real quick, I want to thank Bruce McKee and his wife, Jen. Bruce is a United States Air Force veteran and is founder and director of Indiana Spirit of 45. It's an organization that honors our military veterans and our first responders and that includes even canines. Uh, Several programs to support families. I went to Martinsville on Friday to interview Bruce about something that Indiana Spirit of 45 does every Friday night at 645. They've been doing it since 2012. Rain, sleet, snow consecutive. They've never missed out. Coldest day of the year last December of a, of a long time. And they were out there playing Taps on the Square is what it's called. And they meet on the courthouse square. They read the names of the heroes that died that week. And they ring a bell after each name. And then three to four buglers play Taps. It's, it's the most beautiful, um, solemn ceremony I've seen in a long time. I did that story for Patty Spittler's Great Day TV. And that's Saturday mornings across the state. It should be airing in the next couple of weeks. But I was thinking about all of you. Down there that uh, were so welcoming last Friday, this past Friday, and that's because of the fireworks that have started already already the last couple of weeks. One of the organizations, with this organization, one of the programs they offer is called Battle Buddies, and it deals with a lot of stuff personal struggles when you come home as well as ptsd
1: my brother tommy hates fireworks I, and, and we see, did we him as keep kids remembering this but when he came back from vietnam it was it was different and i'm sure it's because of the concussions yeah. of the yeah. of the fireworks
0: they were going off last night i mean in numbers solid uh out where i am which is on the western edge of hancock county and uh they went on for 25 30 minutes and and i you know, I just I miss the day when we just had one day of fireworks on the Independence Day, and that the only thing you could buy were like charcoal snakes. And I have loved fireworks, <laughs> I'm telling you. But the more the older I get, and the more that I see how it affects uh, the wildlife, because there were so new baby. Oh, and baby. my poor puppy! Oh my oh gosh, my and your gosh. dogs, and and I understand. It. But I, it, it made me start thinking about you know we we can't we can't sell medicinal marijuana here for people that are that need it. But we can sell uh, professional-grade fireworks.
1: They are professional. They're mortars. They that, are. They come in two-inch pipe, three-inch pipe. And every year at the plumbing company, people would come by and want to buy short pieces of waste pipe. That's you know? right. They were burying them in the ground. They were making mortars so they, they can fire their fireworks.
0: And they're still doing it. You know, people are still making homemade fireworks because we hear about it every 4th of July that the emergency rooms are filled. Uh, with carelessness. And it's just, I am not a party pooper. You call it carelessness. It
1: is just bald-faced stupidity. It is.
0: It's just stupid. Stupid, stupid, stupid. And and anyway, so uh, thank you for the fireworks last night and those that have been going on for the last three or four. But I really thought about our veterans and those that, I mean, in this day and age, there's mass shootings, there's, you know, gunfire everywhere. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that suffer from PTSD besides our military. yeah. And uh, anyway, I thought about it. I don't mean to be, uh, really, you're, you're going to have your fireworks and I get it. But I, I just thought, holy cow. what we, when? Why did we say, okay, we can start selling these kind of fireworks two months in advance? I don't know how we let that happen. The
1: challenge with uh, a republic is that you have to choose many times between freedom and safety. And freedom means we get to have our right. weapons. You're we right. get to do certain right. things and safety I interviewed a whole bunch of young kids once and I said freedom or safety which would you rather have and they all of them said safety and I said but you give up your freedoms for safety, and we say, Yeah, well, this is one of the consequences. It's one of the
0: consequences
1: that that we have our fireworks, and uh, yeah. some people aren't going to be safe, but no, it's, a, it's a free it is. exercise of being a human being. But I
0: just wanted all of you to know down there in Martinsville, it was so great, the Indiana Spirit of 45, that I was thinking about you during these fireworks because we had a conversation about those of you in your program, those of you that suffer PTSD, and um, that's a lot of you. There's a lot of you, and I know that this time of the year is probably really a, a challenge for you. You got find ways not to hear
1: yeah I I told you about my brother Tom he was a corpsman in Vietnam and I found this YouTube I don't normally listen to YouTube Kai but this they got me into it do a search on they call me Doc they call me Doc it is a piece that was written by a former corpsman um, a medic in in the Navy they're trained trained in the Navy but they always serve with the Marines it's a tearjerker they call me doc you can look it up on youtube okay I will. and vince gill uh, is is in the chorus i mean that that's how touching wow. you can't imagine it how but anyway uh, my heart goes out to everybody who served and and this is a good time to remember them.
0: it really is a good time to remember them. um we're putting together a fourth of july independence day uh show and we're we're thinking about you know who to include and we want to include a lot of veterans that's for sure Uh, on this Independence Day coming up. All right, so this is the first day show. We're glad you're here with us. And uh, the Irvington Garden Club and Farmer's Market is today, right? The annual Garden Club tour. It starts at 1 o'clock, goes to $5, $10. You can get your tickets at the Benton House. Uh, or at Irvington United Methodist Church. That church, by the way, is hosting their delicious annual summer uh, strawberry you festival, gonna too. You are going to see
1: some terrific gardens. Uh, those oh, gardens are unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, old-time gardens. Gardens like your great aunt would have done, you yeah. know, in England. They're they're that beautiful.
0: They really are at the beautiful on those beautiful, historic old homes. So uh, that is happening today. It's a big fundraiser for them, and they're great supporters of us here at WIBC. So we hope you'll enjoy that today in Irvington. All right. It is 11.13. We're going to take a break. Thanks for joining us here on The First Day on
1: 93
2: WIBC. Hey,
0: this is The First Day. Glad you're here with us this morning, June 1938. Time for our history lesson. June 1938, 85 years ago. The Vogue Theater opened their doors with a grand celebration, and I spoke with Steve Ross, the owner, a while back, and he said that Hollywood came to the Vogue Theater for the opening night festivities.
4: I was fortunate enough to meet the daughter of the guy who built and operated the Vogue Theater, you know, Carl Nisi was the guy's name, and she said they would go to Hollywood and meet with movie reps about bringing all these cool movies to, you know, to the Vogue in Annapolis. and she said everybody knew him, you know, people like Gary Cooper, Bar- Barbara Stanwyck, uh, Bing Crosby. Um, the, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's just um, um, just amazing yeah. the number of people that knew him.
0: It really yeah. is. And, I mean, Ginger Rogers and and Fred Astaire and Irene Dunn and Carol Lombard and and Clark Gable. Everybody came to this opening because because of him. They liked him.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was amazing, and all their signatures are on this bronze star, which disappeared for years and then I found it some lady on the south side had found it somewhere and she was auctioning it off thinking it would be her retirement fund and and she took uh yeah I know it was funny she took uh you know sealed bids for this and I'm going okay um you know so I put in a bid I was the only one to bid and you know we got it back so we put it back in in the concrete underneath the marquee which is where it was you know in 1938
1: I mean I love that I it says it.
4: to our, you know, our who's your friend Carl Nisi, and all these people signed it. Uh, so
1: cool!
0: I love that yeah, story. It may not be a story that anybody knows. They may see the star, but you may not. Th- that bronze star underneath the marquee, as we mentioned, but you know, it take a minute and really kind of learn about the history if you've been here all your life and and uh, because mm-hmm. it's got a very cool, cool background. Um, and even for a while there, not long, but it was an X-rated theater. It was just for a minute. <laughs> it was <laughs> yeah
4: for for about uh, three four months. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then so, and then 30 years ago, you bought the Vogue from your brother, who turned, who's really mm-hmm. the one who turned it into a music place. And why did you want to buy it?
4: Um, well, you know, a little history about me. Uh, so my brother also started the Bluebird in Bloomington. And in 1981 is when I bought the Bluebird from him. And uh, it was funny, you know, a little history. He said, OK, before you buy the Bluebird, he said, I want you to work at the Vogue for six months because he owned the Vogue at that time. He said, I want you to, you know, basically do a rock and roll boot camp. Right. And I'm going, OK, <laughs> he, he said, because I want to see if you like this business. And I did the six months of the Vogue. I, you know, I started at the front door and, you know, I had times of being a waiter and security and bartender. And, you know, working in the office during the day. And I loved it, man. It was like, let's go, I can do this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know? so you got bit by the bug. You really did. You yeah, were bit got by bit the by bug. the bug.
4: Yeah, so in 81, we, uh, my partner and I bought the Bluebird. And then in 86, we bought the Vogue. And it was uh, May of 86. So, I mean, you know, what a great time. You know, May in Indianapolis is always a good time.
0: That is Steve Ross, the owner of the Vogue. I read in an interview that you did with the IBJ that you said you think of yourself as more of the curator of the Vogue rather than the owner. True? Still true?
4: Um, you, you know, uh, and, and I have to be humble about it because, you know, I wouldn't have gotten this far in this business without the people that have worked with me, you know. From managers to great bartenders to great door guys to great security people, who, whatever they did at the Vogue, you know and I tell my employees this and employee me you know, said you guys make the vogue. I said most people don't know me. They you're the ones that they see every night when they come in the club. So, yeah, to a certain extent I'm the curator, you know. I I I help these people be better and make the club what it is and it's um it's a humbling and cool experience. I mean, I like I said I, I could not have done it by myself.
0: When you look at the pictures of the Vogue from even the early years, the exterior still looks nearly the same. But there and I know you've done some renovation on the inside, but has there ever been a thought to really change the way the outside looks or is that always going to look that way as long as you own it?
2: Okay,
4: well, in the way it looks right now is is the exact way it was built in 1938. Now, when the club was opened in 76, it had the popular um, ceramic metal that was covered over the original marquee. Um, you know, you see some homes that are built with this ceramic metal squares, um, you know, around the side of Indianapolis. And, um, it, you know, in the 60s, that was just part of it when they remodeled it in 1960. So in 1999 is when I, I pulled that paneling off because it was beginning to rust. And underneath it, I saw this beautiful 1938 facade. Oh, you know, that's so cool. Which is, you know, ceramic stone and, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's 1938. It's, yeah. you know, semi-deco art. Um, it's really cool. It's, uh, it's amazing. I, and I've, it's funny, I've seen other theaters across the Midwest who are built similar to the Bogus, you know, with the same type of facade and everything.
0: And as you look oh, ahead, yeah. do you see, looking down the road, of any changes that you would make or that you'd like to make?
4: I'd like to do what the Colts did and put a, like a sky dome on the, on the roof, you know, no. that we could open when it's beautiful. Real, are you...
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Oh my gosh. That would be <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> wow. How,
4: how would we change it? Um, you know, just, just keep it going the way it's going. You know, it's, it's an old, you know, stoic venue and it's yeah. uh, you know, it has its challenges as being in the theater, but, but trust me, there are pictures that I have of Carl Nisi when he was building this place and these I-beams that are in the club, which there's one in my office that's, man, it's, it's at least three feet by two feet wide. It's, I mean, this, this building was built to last, so it could last another 40 years. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm. Tell us about one of the best days you've had there.
4: Oh, a million of them. Uh, You know, I mean, you know, thinking of just some of the great artists that have played there, you know, like when Johnny Cash came on stage, he said, hello, grandchildren, I'm Johnny Cash, you know, and it was just like, it was magic, you know, I mean, people were just spellbound and, um you know uh people like willie nelson and and you know just seeing the greats like uh i remember one night i was watching melissa etheridge you know warm up and this was before she was big and it was like wow you know you you could just tell that this artist was going somewhere that's cool and then uh and then one night in particular david crosby and graham nash played Uh and you know I was, you know, shaking David Crosby's hand. I said, man, thank you so much for coming. And he said, no. He said, thank you. If it weren't played for places like this, you know, we wouldn't be here. Awesome. And it was just like, to this day, that gives me goosebumps because, you know, this guy who's played everywhere was so humble to say that. Oh, know, right. is...
0: Okay. Now tell me, Steve Ross, what was uh-huh. one of the worst days? <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh my God. Um, one of the worst days. Uh-huh Well, Broderpool has a problem with flooding. I don't know if you're familiar with that. <laughs> yeah,
0: a little
3: but
4: what, yeah, I, yeah. Well, one night there was a band playing and the entire dance floor flooded. Oh man. Oh man. <clears throat> it was it was so bad that the band literally had to get an eight foot extension ladder and lay it from the stage <laughs> onto the next seating level so they could crawl <laughs> off the stage. <laughs> I mean, it was <clears throat> that I mean that was crazy.
0: It is 1126. I just thought we, a history lesson is good. The whole uh, thing of it for the vogue, Yeah. Wow. There's, it's an, a, an amazing building. I know there has been um, some news to, uh, in Broad Ripple from last night at 2 a.m. over by Kilroy's, uh, four shot, two dead, a male and a female is all I know right now. The other two are in the hospital. So I know there's been some, some news about Broad Ripple and that's where the Vogue is. But I thought we'd just kind of take a break away for a minute. We'll give you the latest here coming up, but to kind of take a look at uh, just the history lesson for you today. Uh, all right. What should we do now, Kylan? Is it time? Can I play a trending, uh, a trending
3: sound uh-huh. for you on TikTok? Oh, a trending sound? Sure. <laughs> yeah. If you're having house problems, I feel bad for your son. I got 99 problems selling homes ain't one. I don't know. My feed is just filled with reality and houses, and it's just so much fun.
0: Kylan has been, since we've had Greg and Lisa on oh. over the last you know, couple of months now, it feels like, I think, uh, they Kylan's excited about home buying now. And, and I have never it, been she, before. She, right, and she really hasn't, but she talks about this stuff all the time. Uh, this is the First Day Show. We're brought to you by Greg Cooper and Lisa Phillips, they're real estate consultants at Crossroads Collective at Compass Real Estate, CrossroadsCollectiveHomes.com, or go to HoosierHomeValues2023.com. Greg and Lisa, I do believe, are with us now on the phone. You guys there? Yeah. Yay! So glad they're here, Denny Paul.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, Greg, we've heard a lot about, uh, talk about these mortgage rates right now oh. that are at 10-year highs. Now, usually the mortgage rates are based on the 10-year treasuries. But how heavily is all of this impacting home sales right here in central Indiana?
5: Well, it's impacting in a way that you probably wouldn't imagine, Denny, and here it is. Home buyers are still buying because we have a a vast deficit of properties to buy, and home buyers wanna own homes. They're very smart and savvy in central Indiana. They're just adjusting their goals, maybe buying a lesser priced home because mortgage rates are a little bit higher. The, The number of sales has gone down a little bit only because there aren't as many homes to buy. So buyers, there's still a strong demand. They're gobbling things up. The right houses are still getting bid above ask.
0: Oh, they're gobbling them up. I, you know, we've talked about this. You guys have been warning us and talking about this. Do we, Lisa? Do we expect home values to rise this year too? And are we estimating an amount of percentage?
2: So I always do not like. Um, <laughs> I am not the former appraiser. and me does not like estimating things. But yes, we definitely are still seeing increase in prices. It's just. Again, it's economics And we do not have enough inventory So we are seeing prices increase Even with the rate that yeah. where they are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lisa, I would call you a chicken, but you're a very wise chicken. She is. A very-
2: <laughs> you, you asked the wrong person. I, I know, person. I know. Greg would have been all over it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a- mm. Lisa
5: won't walk the plank. I will not only walk it, but jump off it.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, okay, want- big boy. Generally, what are the standard 30 year fixed rates right now? And here's a better question Does everybody pay the same rate for a 30 year?
5: So everybody thinks there is a standard, right, Denny? And that's a—it's a great question for consumers in the respect that there is no such thing because mortgage rates are credit score driven in so many instances. Generally speaking, we're in the upper sixes to around seven percent, but it depends on your credit score and your down payment. Sometimes how long you've been at your job. There's a great variety of things. Generally, we're in the upper sixes to around seven, and adjustable rates are some part lower than that, depending upon the mortgage company that you talk to.
0: I'm going to go back to Lisa. Lisa, in. Central Indiana are all price points of homes uh, going up in value, all price points of homes.
2: All price points of homes. Yes and no. So you're going to see that if the house is maintained, and again, this is where we go to every house is is individually priced. I mean, the ones that have not been maintained as well, they they are not increasing in value like they have. I mean, Again, first-time home buyers and investors will take a lot of that price point off the market and out of play. But if you are in, if you've maintained your house well, if you've updated it, if you hit every buyer desired amenity, you're definitely going to see it be priced really high.
1: Greg, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but I'm the economic guy. Where are the, mm-hmm. where, What are the predictions right now for the industry of where mortgage rates are going to be, let's say, December, six months away, maybe even a year well, away? What's the
5: prediction? There's a, there's a common belief that the Federal Reserve has gone too far, and granted, they're not listening to me, but if they were, Jerome Powell and I would have to have a very close and personal conversation because he's not helping us any especially for homeowners that are, that are recently bought homes. The common consensus is that we're going to see a reduction to some degree in mortgage rates as the year rolls on. The Federal Reserve themselves has said that through the latter part of this year and into next year, they're going to be reducing the Fed funds rate, which directly impacts mortgage rates. So we believe they will be coming down over the next six to 12 months. Most industry opinions are right in line with that.
3: There is so much to take into account with all of this. Like we've talked about the local buyer demand, the rising values. Should buyers wait to purchase a home now or wait until 2024? Lisa?
2: I, th- I really think that that's going to be what the buyer, let's say, has in savings and what they're using for their down payment, how much money they have. But really, when it comes down to it, when the rates come down as predicted, Buyer demand is going to go up, and we already have so much buyer demand, it's going to be more competition. So if you can afford the payment as it is right now, then you need to go ahead and jump and do it. If not, then just hold off. I mean, again, you need to be financially able to buy a house.
1: One last question. It sounds like it's still a seller's market, is it? Yes.
5: Look, if you're a first-time homebuyer's market, as Lisa alluded to, you, you can have warts, and you're still going to get sold. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> okay. And, and we see warts. We promise. There's am for, the for sale. i for sale. as you go up in price, fewer warts are tolerated by buyers because there's a less of a demand and less of a supply. But if you're under three or 350000 these houses are getting dozens of people tromping through them the minute they go on the market. So realistically, we're going to see most houses – increasing a little bit to a lot in value and they're still going to get sold as we move throughout the rest of 2023.
0: Okay, That's Greg Cooper. You can also find him, Greg Cooper, and you can see some of the listings and some of the beautiful houses and also you can see how smart he is at uh, Greg uh, Cooper on Facebook I and also Lisa's Instagram. I think smarter. I'm getting ready to tell about Lisa. Oh, okay. you think Lisa is just equally, if not smarter, and you can find her also, Lisa Phillips, find her on social media too. Go to Who's Your Home Values 2023 to check that out. Cross Roads Collective Homes.com to get in touch with these two. We appreciate both of you so much. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thank Great you. to be with you. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. It's 1133. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
3: This one is probably one of my favorite artists that has just been announced as part of the latest concerts announcement for the free concert stage at the Indiana State Fair. You just have to buy admission and then you get this all of these different artists at the Hoosier Lottery Free Stage. I am so excited for the fair.
0: And it is just around the corner, my friend, really in is. just a little over a month, the United States of America Mullet Championships Say are what? headed back to Indy for another fantastic mullet event at the Indiana State Fair. It was huge last year. And joining us now, and this is kind of cool, guys, we've got the United States of America Mullet Championship founder, <laughs> Kevin Bagola, is here. <laughs> we got to talk to him quick because he's got to go to work at noon. Hey, Kevin, how are you?
6: I'm good. How are you guys doing today? We're
1: doing okay. Now, we're talking mullet the haircut, not mullet the fish, right? Oh,
6: mullet oh, the fish man. are too boring.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: I like this guy already. When did this, how did this happen? How did you create a championship? What was going on in your life? Were you mul? were you have a mullet yourself and said, let's do a, what do we do? <laughs> were how you did on this drugs? Happen? How did this happen?
6: Well, we'll get the the first part out of the way, which is I'm bald. So, um,
0: oh, well, the, what? the
6: best part about this. <laughs> um so uh back in 2020 I think before covid and before all the craziness um i own a store here called bridge street exchange in michigan and it's a men's shop and back then a lot of beard contests were going on and stuff like that and i'm like hey why don't we do something where we find like michigan's best mullet so i kicked it <laughs> off and then we went into like the crazy pandemic uh shutdowns and all that good stuff yeah. and and coming out of that we actually ended up having like 130 people drive in to oh my. my shop here and they um, entered into our contest and pretty much you know i thought i was on to something so that year we ended up filming for espn and did a little like um show and from there you know the rest is really history and and we developed like a kids contest online and then last year in was the first year we really did some live contest, and really, it, it's just been a celebration of, of obviously, an iconic hairstyle that's controversial, but also, you know, huge. It's it's oh really big right now. So All right, Kevin, it, do you have was, categories
1: by age? Like, do you have an old man's category? Do you have a young man's category? What are the age brackets?
6: Yeah, so, like, the Indiana State Fair, that one's just going to be an 18 and up contest. What we've noticed is, um, you know, young kids up on stage in front of a big crowd, they, they sometimes have a tough time talking. So um, for the live events, they're usually 18 and up. But for our digital events, which are also huge, um, we have kids, which is 1 through 12. We have a teens contest, 13 through 18. And then we get into, like, the men's main one. Um, we've already done the female one. And then also this year, we're going to do a 55 and up classics division. Wow. You know,
0: I'll tell you what, I watched it last year at the State <laughs> Fair. And it, I can't believe the joy that you brought to the Indiana State Fair. It was talked about f- before you got there and then after you left. And it was really a highlight. And so you must have loved it, too, or you wouldn't bring it back, right, to Indy?
6: Yeah, exactly. I mean, what we do is we always call ours like more of like a mullet pageant. So it's one thing <laughs> yes. to parade a bunch of people up there and just like, have people look at their hair and, and <laughs> cheer, you know cheer but what we've done is we've developed kind of a more of a show where people come up and and you get to learn a little bit about each person up on stage and get to understand them a little bit and obviously uh, crowd response and having the, the supporters there is awesome the indiana state fair is an amazing venue for this and uh it sounds like last year People just loved it, so we're back, and hopefully uh, you you guys are going to see some unbelievable mullets this year. We've already had a lot of (laughs) entries come through, and some of them have stopped me dead in my tracks. It's unbelievable.
3: I can't imagine just in general all of them getting up on stage, but then only a total of 15 people will be on stage out of all of the contestants, right? Uh, Me, I have a friend, (laughs) one of my previous soccer captains. He has always grown a mullet. He always takes pictures with anyone he sees a mullet of, like, Everyone. it's a big deal it's a huge thing and so i'm going to tell him to go and try at right. least so how do you determine who then gets into the best the, the top 15 yeah.
6: yeah yeah so what what we need for the indiana state fair is people to join um you know go on mulletchamp.com and we have a special section for each of our block events the indiana state fair um, application is there it's free to to sign up. And then our team, um, once the registration ends, we will actually go through each mullet. Um, we look for, obviously, the overall quality, the look, their story. They're able to submit a little quick story bio to us. And then from there, we kind of nail it down to um, who we think would be the best on stage. We look for a little diversity. So, you know, obviously, we don't want everybody up there just with a long, straight mullet. We want to we want to see ginger mullets we want to see wolf cut mullets we want to see it all so um getting some diversity of of mullet hair up there is awesome so that's what we look for and then we will reach out to those 15 contestants and we'll prep them for the show and then they kind of uh show up and and what i always say too is they're kind of like peacocks uh, a, a guy with a mullet or a woman with a mullet they love to show it off so they well, love they to get do. up on stage and kind of walk around
1: yeah that voice you hear is kevin Bagola of the mullet champ llc and they're coming to the indiana state fair this year so kevin you guys talk about what we call the mullet lifestyle and you say it hits home in the Midwest. what is the mullet lifestyle
6: Well, I would say if you're going to rock a mullet, a lot of times people can tell if you're like genuinely into it or not. It means you're pretty carefree living. Um, You're always up for a party. You're up to you know having fun and supporting each other. So um, what I've noticed at our events even, and you guys will see at the Indiana State Fair this year, is the 15 people that come there and get to go through it. Before the event and after the event, they feel like they're part of a club. So they're they're best friends within five minutes, and their hair is obviously the common denominator – But they just love being around each other. It's because they're all kind of (laughs) like-minded.
0: Okay. All right, Kevin. The winner of the United States of America Mullet Championships Indiana State Fair competition (laughs) automatically earns a spot in the highly competitive top 25 in the main event, which is later this fall. And there's money to be won, but it really is about, I mean, it is just so fun. It is just a super fun event, and we hope everybody will come out on the 29th. Do we need to get pre-registered, Kevin?
6: Yeah, so if anybody's looking to still register um, before the July 29th event, just head over to mulletchamp.com, and then we have a drop-down in our menu for the Indiana State Fair. They would just have to register for us, and then we're going to probably be cutting off the registration um probably like into the second week of july and then we're going to narrow down those top 15 that we want to see come to the fair
0: okay this is so great it's wonderful i really really do appreciate i know you're getting ready for work we really appreciate your time we can't wait to get you here and uh and bring us that happiness that uh, happened last year because it was magical (laughs) it was magical all right hey kevin thank you
6: yeah thanks again guys i appreciate it
0: we'll see you when you get here
6: Yeah, take care. What fun. It
0: is 1145. You're listening to The First Day on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
3: Oh, yeah, and
1: Denny. Oh, my. I used to sing this to my grandson. He loved it.
0: I love this song. And it's from? The Toy Story. Story, Well,
1: it is investing sense time. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. And as always, my name is Denny Smith. Talk to us like
0: we're in kindergarten.
1: I'm a retired CFP (laughs) practitioner. But I would Talk always slower. encourage you to take uh, investing uh, advice from your own investment advisor. You've
0: got six But you're
1: getting one man's opinion here. So, Terry and Kylan, you've probably heard of the term that's used more often in investing circles. It's called ESG. Do either one of well, you know why well, We're doing our just,
0: ABCs. Right. And Kylan and I were just talking about those <laughs> letters. Oh, yeah.
3: ESG oh, yeah, stands older. for Environmental, e- G- oh,
1: Social, and Governance and it started out a few years ago in in conjunction with what we know as socially conscious funds now the, those would fund be funds that would not invest in gambling they would not invest in liquor or tobacco or anything like that and the thought is that an investor should only invest in companies that adhere to environmental social and corporate governance standards and it promotes the well-being of stakeholders the community employees the customers the suppliers and of course the stockholders well It's one man's opinion, and that's Denny Paul's opinion, that this is a bunch of hooey and it has turned into be a little bit of social posturing and virtue signaling. And I got some reinforcement of that from the Harvard Business Review recently that said that this was a way for companies who were struggling in the business uh, sector to show publicly that they are doing something really, really special. And so, Terry, I'm going to ask you, have Uh you have you ever been to a fashion show?
0: Oh, yeah, I love them. I was right. one of the Little Sisters of the Poor just all right, a month so ago.
1: I, I got invited to a man's, you know, fashion, fashion show? show. Yeah, and I'm sitting there in blue jeans and just a collared shirt. Where was this? Just a minute. So these guys start walking down the thing and they're wearing crap that I wouldn't be seen in the closet with. What I mean, was it? What did it look like? It, well, first of all, the pants were so tight that they looked like cellophane wraps. That's what's in right now. I know, but not mm-hmm. everybody can wear that crap. And that's the way it is with ESG. ESG the the theory is is that we all want to do what's right as business people and i would say that 99% of the people do that without having to wear this esg on their chest but now this is a measurement that a lot of the big fund managers fund managers like blackrock and fund managers like vanguard they want to make sure that you pass muster they're the cool kids and what they do is they'll invest in you in your you as a company if you can prove to them that you are ESG socially conscious. And it just really gripes me about that because this is what got Bud Light into trouble. This is what got Target into trouble. They're trying to show that they're ESG and they're woke yeah, they're and they're cool, socially right. cool. And so then money comes from them. Oh, but here's money the research. Money comes
0: from them or comes to comes them? Comes to
1: them. Okay. Here's, these people that have done, done this, what the evidence has shown is that they have attracted a lot of money. If you say I'm ESG, Uh, compliant or that I focus on ESG as a CEO, a lot of money comes into your stock. But here's the thing, the performance of these companies suck. And now that's a Denny Paul term. When you compare them to the 99% or the 95% that are not ESG compliant or socially compliant, they outperform them by many, many percentage points. So this is a way to, in my opinion, and you can talk to your own investment advisor. This is a way to hide, hide poor performance to the street. And okay. I've, I've about had it with ESG. Because you're not
0: performing well, this is a way to hide. Yeah. Right,
1: this means that if, okay. To say,
0: look, we're doing everything, you know, <laughs> the, the woke Remember
1: way, when you came home with and... a bad report card? I, I remember, because I would come home and I'd say, yeah, but dad, I've been really active in extracurricular stuff. Yeah, And dad says, education comes first. And what every stockholder should say to the board of directors is, listen, stick to the knitting your business comes first we want you to be socially conscious we want you to look after your employees and your customers and the community but don't be wearing that on your chest and saying i'm a good christian i'm a good esg guy stick to the business and run your company and i think that that's what's missing with esg and so when you hear esg just remember bud light and target okay that's that, a great that's a lesson good to, yeah you know there's a study done that's how we do it on time Yeah. There was a study done in the 1960s. You
0: can talk slower. Do you need a drink?
1: (laughs) No. In 1960s, I was in uh, Boy Scouts, and they did this study about what would bring the world together. Do you know what they they came up with? The environment. They said if the whole world was worried about the environment, the end of the world type of scenario, that the world would all come together. Well, a lot of the uh, social scientists, the social psychologists looked at this and said, ah, we got something. If we want to control the public... All we got to do is talk about the environment and scare them to death. So what have we gone through? We've gone through global warming. Mm -hmm. We've gone through the end of the forest. We've killed all the birds, all these things that they've scared us with. And this man's opinion is that it's an excellent way to control people. And if you're trying to control investors and say, we want you to invest this way, you know, BlackRock controls $3 trillion. That's a lot of money. That's $1,000 billion. And then when you add Vanguard into that, these are uh, vanguards are great funds. But if they if they're going to go only with this ESG criteria, I think they're going to miss the boat. And a lot of investors who believe that they want to be one of the cool kids like BlackRock or like Vanguard, then there's going to be some trouble as investors. So that's the school for today. ESG is not necessarily bad, but it's not it's not great. It's the cool kids have set up something to compare themselves because they can't compete with the non-cool kids.
0: You know, uh, Kylan, when we were talking about ESG, we were th- we weren't talking about we weren't we didn't know. <laughs>
1: well, I asked you yeah. what ESG was, and Kylan sort of glazed over. I thought over. it's what was
0: in Chinese food. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's monosodium MSG. So, but you know, here's the thing. Uh, this is from your very humble certified financial planner good companies with good products that are undervalued by the market or have good growth prospects based on their leadership competence. That's where you should be putting your money and your investment advisor will help you find those type of things. But by golly, uh, don't listen to everything uh, that's coming out from that type of community. It's, it's going to wear you out. And it, it wears me out. And I'm supposed to be a financial professional. But I, I start looking at this stuff and I start to say, you got to be kidding me. Well, let me see your earnings, you know, for the quarter. Let me see what you've done for capital improvements. Well, let me see where you're investing your money. No, I'm hearing about all this environmental, social, and this is what we're doing on our board. We have a lot of diversity on our board. That's great. But the diversity you're bringing in, look what they did to that stupid submarine. You know, they didn't get the best people to build that submarine that blew up. Are you up. talking about this immersive, yes. the submersive? They, yes. They were, that was a good example of ESG engineering. And uh, that, I didn't even that think about, very, about that part bad, of it, but very, that has well,
0: been a part of my week watching and, and well, listening. And,
1: remember, it's always about performance, it's always thing. about performance. But yeah. I hope that helped you, ladies. It certainly helped me to get it off well, my chest.
0: Listen, thank you. For your help, <laughs> we've still got another thank you, Danny. Investing since <laughs> with Danny, he's got another interview so coming up. You so nice
1: to me. We're gonna, yeah, yeah. Danny. What did you just say?
0: We're going to get you, get you some news. Uh, top of the top of the hour here coming up, but we've got another hour to go over the first day. Thank you all so much for joining us this morning. We'll talk to you after the break. Ninety-three WIBC.